McNulty stunning for to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi, Pompey fans, and welcome to Pure Forecast, episode 182. Well, the 1-0 win over Forest Green, Pompey sit three points off the playoffs. Can we get in them? Join the podcast today is Freddie Webb. How are you, Freddie? Did someone say it's on? <laughs> Getting ahead of ourselves already. <laughs> no, um, I'm doing very well, mate. Yeah, um, enjoyed the Forest Green game for what it was. Wasn't really convincing, but job done. Enjoyed all the ex-players going out. That was very nice. Good to see Live by Primus and then the video of uh, David Norris saying how much he hates the scum. So all good. All good. Friend of the show, David Norris, and it is confirmed it's true. He does hate the scum. So we can say that. And people who, you know, who wonder that, players who play for different clubs, etc. That's damn true, right? Talking about what's damn true. Let's bring on Proudy. How are you, mate? Yeah, I was wondering where you were going with that. Uh, <laughs> so, so was I, uh, for honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having me back on. Um, yes, uh, we're coming to the business end of the season, as they say. And uh, yeah, I'm trying not to get giddy, but it is hard not to be giddy, I think. But, you know, we'll, we'll revisit this in three weeks' time and be saying now the season's over. So, but yeah, let's 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 get, you know, let's get ahead of ourselves first. You only really come on the podcast of big games, big events, you know, when things, when the tide turns, you know, you sort of come on to give your opinion, you know, the sort of big game player, you might say. Yeah, I, uh, well, yeah, I think that's first and probably the only time someone's actually ever called me that. So, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, big, big games everywhere. Like, I don't want to obviously use the cliche, it's seven cup finals, but it really is. Is it seven? Yeah, seven cup finals left. So, uh, possibly, Nine or ten, but you know, we'll uh, one step at a time. That's all I've got to say. One step at a time. And lads, you see, me and uh, I've decided to crack out the same mug that John Messina uses when he's uh, he's there as well. So uh, let's see if it helps him, right? Yeah, let's get <laughs> genius let's get... at work. It says for the listeners. <laughs> right, let's get let's get cracking on that bad note because we've got quite a lot to get into. So first of all, we're going to review the thumping at Forest Green. Follow on from that, we are we put a question out to you guys and we said, is it on? As Freddie said, let's shorten the question. Is it on? And then we spoke to Liam Connolly from the MK1 podcast. We had a really good chat to preview the game coming up on Friday for all of you lovers going over to MK to spend your Easter weekend. And finally, we spoke to Dave Salmon from Beyond Radio. He's the host for Morecambe FC, the Andrew Moon of I Follow for Morecambe. And he chats to us to preview the game coming up on Easter Monday. Right. Did that without taking a breath, boys. As I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, 
while you guys were watching Forest Green, I was down on the coast as well, but I was drinking cocktails, going to gigs and going out clubbing. So even though I've watched the highlights and gone through it a bit, I'm going to lean on you a little bit, especially Freddie, who's literally talking about how tuned in he is the whole time. And we'll find out what we know. So it wasn't the best of games when I watched it back. I'm not going to lie. Owen Dale, the mystery man, gets a goal, but at the same time, probably has one of the two worst misses of the season. I want to know, first of all, Freddie, what your thoughts were on Michael Jacobs on the left-hand side as he ran in, cut inside, did a little run into the box, got a good shot away. I think the keeper put his legs out from memory and stopped the shot. Just as a comparison of the two wingers, how do you think Jacobs did? I thought Jacobs did really well for a spurt in the game. I think the first half in total, unfortunately, was quite poor. We didn't really create a lot. I know Forrest Green didn't either in that first 45 minutes. They didn't have a shot until the 78th minute. But they seemed very relaxed in their shape. Pompey looked good in the midfield. Whenever the ball got to midfield, it was zipping about quite well. But whenever it got to the back four, it was very slow. And from there, you can tell that Jacob still wants to drive play. He has some creativity and he's got some technique on him. He doesn't have the pace of a, you know, a fully fledged winger, unfortunately. That's just where he is due to the injuries and so on. So he's very technical when he gets the ball, but in the first half, he struggled. But in the second half, he played a lot better. But by, I think, about 65 to 70 minutes, it was quite clear he was a bit knackered, which is fair enough, really, he, since he's been treated as an impact player. But I thought he had a reasonable performance. I thought, created some chances. Match cut inside into penalty with that shot with the outside of, outside of the boot as well, which was nice. Linked up relatively well with um, Morel on that side in the centre mid as well. So a reasonable performance for me. Dale was a strange one, obviously, with the goal. Um, we'll talk about it more in detail in a bit, but I still don't think he had a brilliant performance, even though he had his goal. And that's not being, I don't think that's being harsh. He had other chances in this game, which we'll cover, which were quite wasteful. He did his usual chopping onto each foot, which is quite frustrating. Um, I don't think he, I think if he was a bit more clinical in front. He would have had a much better game, and with a four-three-three, you definitely need that. You need your wingers to be more more clinical as well as creating their own chances. I'm proud of just the general take, I suppose. I mean, Freddie mentioned that Forest Green didn't have a, a shout really until a lot later in the game. But how do you think it looked with Clark Robertson coming into the back line again uh, in place of Riley Towler? A few question marks about his inclusion. Well, I say a few actually. There was quite a lot of uh, question marks about his inclusion. Um, especially as Towler is meant to be the long-term option and Robertson's contract's up at the end of the season. So surely you'd be looking at players, uh, you know, uh, this season beyond. Uh, and I know Towler didn't have a good game against Paul Vale. I think a, a lot of fans noticed that as well, but I don't think having a young player have a bad game and then dropping him the next game is the right call. Um, I know obviously it worked out in the end. We won one nil and kept clean sheets. So, you know, I can't really complain too much, but you know, players like Tyler have to have bad games in order to improve. Like, and I don't see how dropping him is going to work, especially for Robertson, who I think has had a lot of critics this season. Uh, I think fair criticism as well. I think uh, his last game or his last outing was the Bournemouth game again in the Hampshire Cup. And he, I mean, he was very poor in that as well. I did watch that. And I think that one of the goals, which was completely his fault, I think showed, uh, how uh, f- uh, far he's fallen off this season. And I know injuries haven't helped him either. 
Um, but yeah, I think defensively we look fairly solid. I know Forest Green had a, a couple of chances towards the end, but I don't think they really troubled us at all. Uh, I think it was one of those games we had to win, obviously. And even though it wasn't a great performance, we won. Uh, I've looked at it over the last couple of days. I, I know I was frustrated that at the end of Saturday for the, for the first time after victory for a while, but looking back on it, it, it doesn't really matter how you play as long as you get the three points and you just get those points on the board. And uh, that's how I saw it in the end, uh, like probably by yesterday. And yeah, if we grind out 1-0 wins like that and they might not be pretty, but we get the points, you can't really complain. And Fred, do you think it is a fact of that, that obviously we think Riley Towler should be playing from a level of development. And also I think he's been pretty good since he's coming to the team, but and proudly touched on that as a, you know, the long-term option. But do you think Messini is looking at the team now as a short-term, let's get it over the line and get into the playoffs? Oh, 100%. And there's no reason why not, really. Um, there are a lot of players out of contracts in the summer, so there's going to be a lot of changes anyway. So why why not focus on trying to put the best team out for now and for the next few games up until the end of the season? And yeah, I know I, I wasn't that impressed with Robertson being put in ahead of Towler, um, but him and Raggett were defensively solid enough in this game against better opposition who were more creative and more expansive and had more ambition going forward. That might be a different matter, but they did the job. Um, and like we mentioned, there are weaknesses there. There was slow build up in the back four. I think that was one of the major problems. Tunnicliffe pretty much dropping in between the center halves at times to try and get the ball forward. And the play forward was quite slow, which allowed Forest Green to set in their shape, which led to Pompey struggling for long bits of the game to create their chances. But the decision paid off. Robertson had a solid enough game defensively, and that's all that matters. I think now, I know we've said a lot this season and in previous seasons that the way you win games matters, because especially when under Kenny Jackets reign, where we got into the playoffs, because then you would end up playing against better teams with more expansive styles of play and you would be, and you know, if you, if you, if you just focus on direct football, you will lose to either better teams or different teams. And Pompey did that at times. There's a key balance to be had. Um, but that forest green game, it just showed the strengths and the weaknesses of this side. Pompey can control the midfield and have good shape when they're playing really well, which they did in this game, but they're slow in transition through the back four. And sometimes there's a lack of end products in the wide areas. Um, but we also have a prolific goal scorer up front. He didn't score in this game, but he scored plenty in others. 23 the season for Bishop. And yeah, that, it, the game encapsulated what we're good and bad at. Um, so really, we're not going to be favourites for the playoffs if we do get there, unlike, unlike past seasons. So it's just about getting there. It's just about getting those results at this point. And potentially thinking about the the way you get those points later on. It, it, it's a tough one, actually. I've probably taught myself uh, around the roundabout, really. Right, when it comes to the centre midfield in this game, then, do you think that they, they played pretty decent in the combinations? I'm looking at the fact that, you know, Marlon Pack's coming in back into the team. Obviously, he came on later on in the game and probably worked back into the team. Do you think it's a situation where someone like Tony Cliff will hold on to his place? in the starting lineup, or do you think Marlon Pack's going to just be slid back in when he's match fit? Obviously, Freddie hates Marlon Pack because he does a long throw. The, the thing is, I know, like, looking at um, the midfield we had, uh, I think Morel had a good game, and I think, like, someone like Morel has to be in the team. Uh, 
I also think like Louis Thompson should be in the team as someone who breaks up play, but then obviously it leaves one position because I feel like we play better in a 4-3-3. I think Tunnicliffe's like improved a lot since Rossinho came in. But then again, like Pack, I think is the better player technically. So I feel like he would probably be the player to bring in. But then it's it's just where you play those sort of like where like where you position those sort of midfielders. I, I don't if we if we hypothetically say we play three in midfield, does Pack play as a sort of quarterback role, like shielding the defense, or is it Tunnicliffe doing that, uh, or is it Morell doing that, or is it Thompson playing as like a ball winning player in front of the defense? It's it's just how we're going to set up. I I think if. I had to pick our strongest three midfielders would be Morel, Pack, and Thompson, in my opinion. Um, and obviously, Pack's coming up back at a good time, and probably the games coming up are probably more, you know, probably better for him to get confidence back into, you know, the team again, rather than if we were playing teams at the top of the league, where he probably would be nullified, uh, and his influence wouldn't be. Uh, obviously, uh, quite um, prominent in the game. So yeah, um, I think midfield-wise, I think yeah, Tunnicliffe uh, is a great option to have, but I think Pack is probably better technically than him. I will say I do love how Marlon Pack plays, and but the long throw is above there. But I'll just leave it there <laughs> because I've seen I've seen long uh, throws not work yeah. for ages. I'm sorry, but, it's just. But do you do you think that's also to do with the players in the box? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I just like, don't think the long throw suits Pompey, to be honest. But we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. I did love when Pompey were able to set up the midfield three with Pack, Lowry, and Morel. And you can imagine playing against weaker opposition, how good that is. Just the amount of control you have there, and then just allowing Lowry and Morel to move up and down. They're physical enough to defend, but they can also support the forward while Pack sits back a bit and. um recycles play if the ball breaks out that I think that that, that midfield three if that was there for uh, longer bits of the season I think Pompey could have done a little bit better alright let's get on to the goal then ball gets sprayed out wide Joe Rafferty the man seems to be the go-to doesn't he for any sort of crossing let's be honest Colby Bishop's always trying to get the ball out to him as well puts a nice floated ball into the box which I didn't think looking at it was going to reach Dale he's not the tallest guy and he manages to head it in Gets his goal. Bish, bash, bosh. We're 1-0 up. What are your takeaways of that goal? First of all, Proudy, do you think that was going to come? Uh, well, I, I think if if you're going to ask who was the most likely going to score, it was going to be us. Um, but I think we were... You know, I, I Obviously, I think Forest Green weren't really trying to win the game for the majority parts of it. And uh, I think the only way we were going to break them down was probably a, a scrap of luck. Which I, I think uh, we did get a little bit because obviously Dale's headed it into, the, I think, the defender's backside and it's gone in. Uh, I don't think Dale's headed it in. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, I think it was, I think it was quite not ironic. I don't think that's the right term, but I, I know uh, at half time, I was reading a lot of comments on Twitter. A lot of people were talking about Dale's crossing ability and then, for the first time, you know, obviously Dell's on the end of a cross rather than actually providing it and we score from it. So, uh, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. As, as long as the ball goes into the back of the net, it doesn't really matter how it goes in. Uh, so yeah, it's, it was a relief, I think, more than anything rather than joy. 
And Freddie, after that, he manages to miss two chances. So can you just talk us through that? Because when I actually looked it up on Sofa Score to look at the sort of the rankings of players, I was quite surprised to see him at 6.1, considering he scored a goal. Uh, two big chances misses, according to, missed according to Opta. Let's talk through them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, I don't know how Dale managed to out-jump um, Aduka Godwin, belief at the back post. But there we are. <laughs> a defender had an absolute mare there. But no, two big chances. Um, it was the um, the outside the boot shot that from Jacobs that went straight at the keeper. Dale was right in the middle of the goal, scuffed the shot wide. And then the second one, which I thought was more egregious, Joe Burrell running through on goal, plays it unselfishly to Dale, who is in acres of space, and then just miss, miss kicks it, scuffs it, whatever it is, re- reaching for the ball, uh, puts it wide. Um, he had, he, he, Dale was the, the large had the three biggest chances in the entire game, missed two of them, but thank God we're one nil up because otherwise it would have been a, a very, very long, a very long um, walk home after a nil nil draw. Exactly. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Because I'm going to move this on from the Forest Green game because I'll be honest, I'm glad I missed it. It seemed really boring. Can, remember, can I move this on, Fred? Oh, dear, but there's always one bit of the games that are, that are really good that will get you interested. We've got to play Guess the XG. We haven't done it in ages. I'm sure the listeners have missed it as well. Yeah, I'll get messages. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, a very straightforward one this week. What was the expected goals behind Owen Dale's header where he somehow jumped above the Forest Green fullback? Shall I go first? Uh, well, you, unmu- I, you, un- you unmuted your microphone with the absolute certainty then. So I was like, oh, no, I, I thought I thought someone was going to call me in. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, considering where it was, I, but obviously the chance, I should go. I'm going to say 0.8. You bounce. I'm going to go a bit lower and maybe float the idea along the 0.35. Oh, Hugh was almost spot on. That is, that, that is major. That, that, that's experience in Guess the XG there. Yeah, Owen Dale's header was rated at 0.36 expected goals. Oh. To my scout. So yeah, you were very close. Unfortunately, no cigar. His other chances, 0.69 for the first shot that came from Michael Jacobs' shot and 0.42 for the scuff shot receiving the pass from, from Joe Burrell. So... Not the best day from Owen Dale in front of goal, but at least he scored and uh, Pompey got away with the three points. That's the big thing. And his combined stats made that meant that we had got over one XG in the game for that, right, Freddie? So it's not yeah, bad, yeah, we bad, got two point zero four XG for that game, and Owen Dale was pretty much most of it. Yep, <laughs> who would have thought? Eh? <laughs> All right, let's move on. We put a question out to you guys, and we said Pompey are three points off the playoffs. Jacob, we can get in. I'm paraphrasing myself because I didn't have the question open, but thanks to everyone who, who meshed in. We really appreciate it. It does make the show. Let's get started. We've got Pompey Gold's message in and he says, can't lose any games and only be able to afford one draw, in my opinion. With the run-in and the form of other teams are playing, I think it is likely we get in the playoffs. But this is Pompey. We never do anything easily. So we're starting it with a bit of confidence there, boys. I mean... The running is something we come and discuss a bit later on in the show as well. We talk about talk to Liam and and Dave, etc. But 
the run is quite favourable, isn't it, Proudy? And do you feel that Pompey can not do a Pompey and choke on against these lower teams? Yeah, uh, no, because isn't it like our last two games of Derby away, Wickham at home, who are the two teams we're also chasing as well, uh, who I think are both outside the playoffs as well. So um, the fact that the five games before that uh, is against teams who are either fighting relegation or like in the bottom half of the table looks like it's worked out well for us. But um, obviously, I'm sure all of us know we've supported Pompey long enough. We've seen easy situations become increasingly difficult and that's for our own fault. But I, I just want to say that I think if you were to look at if you were to be in this position now, would you rather be in in the playoffs in six, but obviously worried about, you know, uh, a lack of form, or would you rather be chasing? Uh, and I think I'd rather be chasing just because of momentum and stuff. And if you get into the playoffs and you have the momentum behind you, I think it could take you a long way rather than having to constantly look over your shoulder. I would probably rather be in the other situation where I'm already in the playoffs, but it depends but, on the yeah. on the run in, doesn't it? But well, we've done both before, haven't we? Like uh, under you know when Cowley was here, like for that interim period, we were in the playoffs and we dropped out because we were constantly looking over our shoulder. And obviously, I've I've heard of t- like people keep like. Uh, referencing teams that have made a late run into the playoffs and somehow got promoted from it. So we could take faith from that. But then when you look at the teams we could potentially be playing, yeah. Look at it in a positive way then. If we do somehow manage to put a run of form together and say beat the last two of the Wickham and Derbys, Pompey would actually be going into the playoffs for once on form rather than just missing out of the automatics or third or fourth or whatever. And I do think to a certain level, there is some merit in that, that you go into the, into the playoffs and you, we've not been great against some of the top six teams, have we? But maybe if you go into the playoffs in that situation where you are on a good run of form and you have beaten those teams around you, maybe then, you know, it looks better for you. Pumping Canberra message in, he says, I can't see it happening, but it's nice to still be in with a shout going into the season finale. The Derby game will be key. So if we have a chance of the playoffs by then, it will make for an exciting event. It definitely will make for an exciting event. I mean, Freddie's already been drawing up the away day plans. I won't name. <laughs> I won't name the establishment he wants to go to because we're not an X-rated podcast, even though we like to talk about stuff. That generally. is sacrilege. That's absolute <laughs> slander. It was something to do with bubbles or whatever he said about it, but you know, that's what, whatever I said. That was yeah, yeah. That, that I was remember this. I you, remember know, this. Y- y- you were chatting to the person, and, and bubbles came up. Uh, I was not involved. Look at this. So, such a journalist who's trying to throw mud against the wall the other way around. <laughs> but anyway, do you think then the derby game is key? And can you see it happening, Freddie Webb? Uh, derby game and the weekend over both massive because depending on. How we get there, Pompey could still be in the run of form and Derby a wicked a slipping. I've just looked at the, um, the form. Pompey's form is fourth in the league in the last 10 games, picking up 20 points out of a possible 30. And, uh, we're, Wickham out there, uh, Wickham and Derby out there. They're 12th and 16th on form in the last 10 games. Bolton eighth, Peterborough third, if you're wondering, because Bolton, Peterborough and Derby are all on 64 points. Wickham on 62. Um, I thought the Shrewsbury game would also be a big game, but they've pretty much slipped out of the playoffs race after getting absolutely smacked by Charlton on Saturday. So that's a big thing. So we've got one less team to worry about, really. 
it's just massive, two massive games and they're both at the end of the season. It, it, and it is probably going to come down to that, assuming that most of those sides pick up points in between and Pompeians in the playoff positions by then. It's possible, and I can't believe it, because I was saying that the season was dead for ages and all of a sudden it just isn't. Jamas messaged in and he says, nah, don't think we've been good enough. And even if we did creep in, we have a history of being crap in big games. I'd rather us finish seventh than in the playoffs and have the embarrassment of getting spanked by any of the teams above us because they would. That's not the attitude to have. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> Thanks for messaging in, but you've always got a chance in effectively a handful of games in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I know our, our history of not winning a playoff game isn't great or et cetera, but let's be honest. History is history in that sense, really, isn't it? And it's only there until it's broken. I, 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 you don't know. One of these teams who's been good all season, and Freddie just talked about the drop-off in forms and some of those teams in the top six. And, you know, it's possible. And you've got to be in it to win it, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's just like me saying, I want Borsa to finish ninth, because that's what I predicted at the beginning of the season, out of spite. And just, <laughs> and just not having promotion at all. But, no, we I would love it if Portsmouth get to the playoffs in this scenario. It would be an absolute lot. And with the momentum, who knows? Blackpool did it. They were quite unfancied, went on a ridiculous run, got in the playoffs, matched up well against their, their opposition and did it. And Wickham? I'm not going to go Wickham, as far Wickham as... Wickham as well? Yeah, Wickham as well, absolutely. And even though that was by COVID means, but... Anything could happen. It's not, it's not large sample sizes anymore when you get to the playoffs. It's three games. And if Pompey are good enough to win three games, then that's it. We could, you know, partying all over the place. But no, there's a glimmer of hope, at least, which I still can't believe, to be honest. Yeah, and you look at Port Vale as well, getting promoted last season from League Two. Obviously, Wickham scraped in on points per game. I think they were four to one or something silly as well, the least fancy team. So, you know, there's some hope in that sense, I think. Pompey Peanut messaging and says, still think we just miss out. We've been a bit unconvincing against the easier teams. If we did actually make the playoffs, we have to remember that we've never won a playoff game. Always seems to be autos or busts with this club. Yeah, I mean, we'll just talk talked about the history, so I'll try and move on from that. But, you know, it's always on fans' minds, isn't it? But is it on the players' minds? How many of these players were actually even involved, Proudy, in, in our last playoff game? Not very many, was it? Well, I, I was going to say, if we... If we need a son who has experience of winning playoff games, obviously John is the man because he was involved uh, in beating us uh, in 2020. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I think you just have to look at aspects. You know, people keep saying, oh, uh, we'll miss out if we get in, we'll get battered. But to be honest, the playoffs, like, I think form goes out the window. It sort of becomes like a cup game. Like everything, everything that's happened over the season, you're, you're going to have teams that obviously dropped off in form, probably lose momentum. You've got teams that have momentum. So, I think it all balances out in the end. And I think you just take it as a free, not free hit. I think that's the wrong term, but like you, you just basically scrap the 46 games before that. And you just play the two in front of you. Uh, I think there's every chance we can go up just as every other team. I think who are fighting for the playoffs. Yeah. And you don't think about it, do you? But obviously Kelly Jacket was a massive bottle job when it comes to the playoffs. He decided to change everything and just sit as deep as possible. Try and try and get like, a point away from home and then try and scrape a one nil at home and it was never convincing was it so I'm hoping if Messinio does get this this chance he will take a different approach 
to to what we've had before. And again, anything can happen. Kieran Fox messaged in. He says, if we come out with 15 from 21, we'll make it. Simple as that. Derby, Peterborough and Wickham will all drop points. Peterborough, two of the top four. Only 13 points if two of the wins come against Derby and Wickham. It's very much alive with other teams' opposition. Fred, have we done a run through looking at who's got who effectively left? Because that does sound a little bit like Peterborough do have some tricky games because I think they're probably my team to watch for us as in competition. Uh, not entirely, but obviously people talk about Portsmouth's running being massive and I think probably can only afford to lose one game. I would a quick glance. Peterborough got Shrewsbury away, which isn't easy. Then Exeter at home, Cambridge, Cambridge and Accrington away. So you'd expect points there, but then they have to play Ipswich, which is a biggie. Bristol Rovers isn't exactly easy either. And then their last game of the season is against Barnsley. So they're playing two of the top, they're playing two of the top six, which is massive. Uh, just bringing up Derby quickly. Uh, I think they're also playing hard games as well. They've got, well, Forest Green away to start with. MK Dons at home. They're, they're also playing Bristol Rovers and Exeter City, which aren't give me games at all. Then they're playing Burton, then Port, then the Portsmouth game. And then they're playing Sheffield Wednesday last game of the season, which could be a big one because Sheffield Wednesday might not have secured an automatic by then. So that could be a big game or, or it might be, it might be a game where they, where they clinch the title. You're not so sure, are you? Um, all sorts, all sorts can happen. Let me just have a quick look at Wickham. I'll have a look at Bolton as well. Is that the other side? Yeah. Well, yeah. Wickham have got Ipswich away to start with. They're the home game against Forest Green, away to Morecambe, away to Cambridge United, at home to Lincoln, and at home to Cheltenham, and then they play us last the game of the season. So again, they're, they've got they're playing Ipswich, who are on a massive run, which is a big one. Then they've got some mid-table teams as well that aren't pushovers. And then finally, if we have a look at Bolton Wanderers, who I'm still surprised by this, they absolutely smashed Plymouth in that cup game, in that pizza cup game. It was ridiculous. Plymouth choked massively which was further amusing um yeah Bolton Exeter City away next game on Good Friday then at home to Cambridge United then away at Oxford United away to Burton then at home to Shrewsbury again slightly hard game then at home to Accrington at home to Fleetwood and then finally away to Bristol Rovers so they got the easiest run in I think Bolton um with Peterborough and Derby are not having the easiest run-ins. Our run-in is definitely better because we don't play any of the top six at all. Jeff Burrows, my sin, it says, I think we could creep into the playoffs, but we'll get absolutely trounced when we get there. We're just not good enough at the moment, plain and simple. I mean, if we get into the playoffs, for me, let's forget about what happens in the playoffs. That's going to be a massive achievement considering where we were when, when Big John took over, right? I think... If that's the case, then we can, even if we get, you know, thumped, we can basically look at where we are as a team and, and add to it in the summer and hopefully next season be better. I think all we can ask for now is a push and try and get into the playoffs, right, Proudy? Yeah, I was, I was going to ask, because uh, obviously I don't have the stats to hand, but I'd, I'd like to know how many teams go up through the playoffs when they finish third or fourth, because you mentioned a couple of minutes ago about uh, you know, our record with when we end the playoffs is normally because we've missed out on the automatic promotion spots. 
And when you have that sort of mentality where you have the disappointment of missing out on automatic promotion, especially with those top four teams who are really tightly, you know, really tight at the top of the table, like I think any of those could win the league, any of those could go up as well, and any of those could end up in the playoffs. And if you if you're one of those four teams who or well, one two of the four teams that drop into the playoffs. Uh, you've got to take that disappointment into the playoffs and then you'll be playing a team who may have just sneaked in and they haven't really got much to lose like compared to the team who are third or fourth because the team that are third or fourth have missed out on automatic promotion and obviously there's other factors that come into play in terms of finances and stuff. So, yeah, I th- I, th- I, I don't know. I think like people say we're going to get thumped. I can understand that, but you have to look at it from their perspective. Like, if you're Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth, Ipswich, or Barnsley, and you miss out on automatic promotion after being up there for so long, I, I think it might be a bit more difficult than people think. Yeah, because it is a free hit. You said it wasn't the phrase, but I'm using it. Tony Needham messaged it, and he says, it's the hope that kills you. It's also the hope that makes it interesting in life. Otherwise, you're not going to be engaged in it, but you are right. It's painful when you lose out, but at the same time, I'd rather have a bit of hope now than sitting in in 10th, 11th and the season's done and we've got nothing to talk about on the show. So it's up and down, isn't it, Tony, that hope? It's, it's good and bad, but there you are. Mm. I've just had a quick look at the last three seasons of the positions of um, the teams that have gone up. Uh, so for so for 2021-22, Sunderland got promoted and they finished fifth. In 2020-2021, it was Blackpool that got promoted in third, but then they had that. They obviously had that massive run of form as well. So form is linked to that. And then in the COVID shortened season, Wickham were third, but on points per game. So you could argue that that's a bit skewed. Um, I think it's it's a mixture of momentum and quality, isn't it? I think when Sunderland got promoted, they just had the quality and it showed in all of their games. Um, Wickham, there was less form involved because of the massive break and they were able to match up against those teams very well. And Blackpool were a solid side that also had the run of form and were beating lots of teams around that time. Do Pompey have all of those things? No. I think they have the form. They have the striker. Um They've got the midfield to control games. They haven't really got depth on the wing, to be honest. And the play around the back four is quite slow. But we know what Pompey's strengths and weaknesses are, don't we? I think every every fan does. But um, we'll see how much how much they're mitigated. If if Pompey actually make it, I'm probably jumping ahead of myself a tiny bit. Tom Mishin, he says, nah, but Messina deserves credit for turning results around. Yeah, he does, Tom. Yeah, I mentioned that. He definitely does deserve some credit and hopefully that gives a bit of oomph going into next season no matter what happens. Trev messaged in, he says, might ne- might just sneak in and then get spanked by one of the proper teams. <laughs> I love this. Pompey fans are never going <laughs> to... Until it happens, they're not going to believe it. I think... Is that fair, Crowdy? Yeah, I, I think even if we went up, like people would, uh, people would still uh, com- find a way to complain. Um, yeah, no, as I said, I can understand the pessimism I think, uh, you know, it's it's been one of those seasons where I don't think we were expecting much, especially when Danny left um, and then John came in. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know the majority opinion. I'd probably say it was an underwhelming appointment at the time, but obviously it's, it doesn't look like that now. Um, 
but yeah, that's just, you just got to learn to live with the pessimism as a Pompey fan. Uh, I think everyone who says we're going to get battered, you know, they're probably hoping we do. So they're vindicated, uh, which is quite a weird thing to say as a Pompey fan to another fellow Pompey fan. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think pessimism, you just have to learn to find the balance. Boiling messages in and says, I'd love, I'd love to, but no. I think not being Port Vale at Frat and Blue, it could be that. But you look at our form and, you know, it's pretty good. We are going to drop some points. It's just, it's just league, it's just league one. You do drop points here and there. And even the best teams have been dropping points. You know, Plymouth even went for a sticky spell. Sheffield Wednesday are now going for a sticky spell. So let's just hope that on the, on the whole, we can now with this easier run in, pick up some more points. But never know. You could look back on it, miss out by a point or two, and you could be completely right. Mark messes in and says, I remember when we took, when he took over, we were nine points off relegation, 12 points from a playoff space. A large number anticipated a relegation battle rather than a push for possible playoffs. And we've exceeded many people's expectations. Fingers crossed we can get to the playoffs. So that's pretty fair. It's nice when you laid that out there as well, Mark, because it does show the progress the club's making. And I think as fans, all we've wanted to see, especially the end of this season is progress some sort of positive progress that we can actually cling on to rather than this sort of middling around not really being good enough to go up or, or go down, really. Alfie John messes in and says, if we can keep good form from those games against Derby and Wickham, will be crucial. With the league form of Bolton, Wickham and Derby have been in lately, I think we've got a legitimate shout of making the playoffs. Well, Freddie mentioned that earlier on about their form and it's not being great. Then again, they could turn it around, I suppose, and... Maybe it's the wake-up call they've all been looking for. Pompey seen behind them. Or maybe that's just really sort of Pompey-centric and they don't really give a fuck about us. But Rick May meshes in and he says, if we did, what realistically would you feel we'd need to spend on players to stay up roughly? Proudy, how much do you uh, have to spend in the championship to keep players up on Football Manager? Actually, no. I was going to say I've never been promoted out of League One. I always get promoted out of League One. Um... Yeah, no, I think yeah, that's I. My uncle's a Porter fan, and every time I, every time I see him, he always poses the question to me when he says, "When you look at the squad we have now on the pitch, how many of those players do you think could actually play in the championship?" And I think this season has actually been the lowest I think number we've had. So normally, we've had like five or six, but I think this season we've said about two at max. Really, I think we said Colby. Maybe Rafferty, but there is a reason he's dropped down. Um, Morel, maybe, but then it, there's another reason he's dropped down. Like a few of these players have dropped down for the championship. Would they be able to hack it in the championship? I, I'm not sure. So we'd perhaps spend a few million. I, I think you can make an argument for five. I think I don't know. How, I don't know why we're talking about this. We're, we're not even in the playoffs. We're thinking what 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 players do we have who could play in the championship already? But Rick's posed the question, Freddie. So, you know, yeah. I think, I think being very pessimistic, I'd say five, uh, Bishop, Rafferty, and then the midfield three of Lowry, Morel, Pack. Um, I wouldn't say that about Towler yet. Um, throwing him into the championship might be a bit much because he's already risen from League Two. Now he's playing in League One fairly well. Um, he's got the quality to be a championship centre-half, I think, but he's 20, I don't think he's right there yet. I don't think the rest of it might be a struggle, to be honest. Sign Ellis Harrison in the summer, and there we go. We've got a strike partnership for Colby Bishop in the championship. No, don't say that. Who says no? 
Scott Walker messes in and says, it's the hope that kills you. It's true. Scott, you obviously agree with whoever messaged in earlier on about it. I have to say, for a couple of months, we wouldn't make it, but here we are. I also said, I'd eat Colby Bishop's magic hat if we made it. Any ideas for the perfect condiment for eating a hat? Proudy, what do you reckon? Oh, uh, it's got to be something like... That's actually the toughest question you've asked me so far tonight. Um, <laughs> you mind asking me some more questions about playoffs runs? Like that's actually easier than that. Um, probably go well with some mayo. I think you know Kobe's magic hat and some mayo. What about I'm mustard? Quite a continental per- nah, mustard not for me. No, I'm quite a continental person. I always eat mayo with like chips and stuff. So a bit of mayo and Kobe Bishop's hat, perfect. Cultured man that you are, Freddie. What are you saying, Northerner? You're probably going to go for something. Plastic, like brown sauce, aren't you? You could say gravy with hat, I suppose. <laughs> it would be very stereotypical because Colby Bishop's different gravy, but never mind. Um, do, you put, do you put cheese on that gravy as well? It, uh, it, d- it depends how many beers I've had. <laughs> That's fair enough. I've got to soak it up. So I'm guessing if if that happens, then it'll be covered in cheese, let's be honest. Yeah, obviously. Mate, but... well, obviously, Hugh's the biggest fan of cheesy chips and gravy here, obviously. Yep, obviously, as you found out when you gave it to me, drunk outside um, a bar in Sheffield before realising I'd eat gravy. So there we yeah, go. For, yeah, for reference, you as a veggie, pescatarian. Mm-hmm. I'm pescatarian, yeah. I eat fish, not meat. <laughs> She's lost me to 200 followers on on Twitter. Dave <laughs> <laughs> Hartley messaged in and he says, it's not done until mathematically over. Many wrote us off with nine points adrift. Now we're back in with three points. Probably just need to focus on winning each game as they come. Can't take anyone lightly now as we play teams in playoff and relegation fights. One thing I was going to bring up, actually, Freddie, is that our goal difference is naff, isn't it? So we're sort of effectively four points off in comparison to a lot of the teams above us. That does obviously make a difference. It's not one win away from drawing level. We're sort of four points needed, aren't we, really, to to be sneaking in? Yeah, pretty much. Pompey's goal difference is the worst out of those teams. Uh, Pompey with plus 10 with 61 points. Wickham with plus 15 at 62. Derby and Peterborough both 64 points and plus 18 goal difference. And uh, Bolton have plus 21 goal difference. So yeah, I would say a win and hopefully a big win involved in there to uh, get that gap a bit. Bring it on, Morecambe and MK. <laughs> Just so they can leak some goals and we can flip that around. <laughs> George Stephen messes in. He says, no, just a bit too much to do. Also, need other teams to be playing each other to drop points. So they'll be picking up near max points. Plus, our goal difference is weak. Just noted, George. And shows no signs of changing. Well, it does. We've been winning games. It's going to change a little bit. Not saying it's going to change enough. Hence the four-point comment a minute ago. Down above you in the comments just sent a gift saying, believe. And some guy pointing to a sign. There is a reference there. Oh, from Ted Lasso. There we are. <laughs> let's get let's get the cultural reference in. Finley meshes in when Moose joined us. I didn't think we were in the shout. Now three points away. I think it would be wrong to write us off. Not on our hands. Not miles off where we need to be. It's fair enough, Finley. George meshes in. I tell you what, if we actually make the playoffs and make it to Wembley, win or lose, it could be very difficult to keep hold of Bishop and Messinio. What a job. They were done with the bog standard squad and disjointed squad. Let's see what happens. It'd be pretty gutting if you lost our manager after six months of him turning us around, wouldn't it? I think maybe some other clubs might 
in the championship need a bit more of a track record, Proudy, before we start poaching our manager? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not, yeah, he's only been manager for six months. Uh, it would be quite the, uh, quite the coup for someone if they were to take him. Uh, but yeah, I, I think like, to be honest, I think he might would turn it down. I don't think he would even jump at the chance. I know obviously I can't speak for him. I'm not his agent or a family member of his anyway, but, uh, like he probably feels like he maybe needs a season at the club, get, you know, his own players in, get his system into check. Like I, I obviously we could tell like the sort of players he wants to sign. So I think he sees this as a long-term project. I can't see him moving. Like if someone wanted him anyway. So Colby on the other hand, probably would go, but not John. Yeah, that's fair enough to say. I think someone replied to Rick's post, by the way, and said 10 million Sunderland spent. They're doing great. I think they're a bit more depth at the same time as going up. So let's add a few million onto that and say 13 million. No problem. Right, Eric? Dip into your pocket. Just find 13 million quid lying around and uh, we're fine if the unlikely happens. Tom meshes in and says, we've got a great run in. Bottom half teams and then against clubs we're competing against for the spot. If we go into those last two games with some momentum, anything can happen. Anything can happen. That's right. Let's keep that, keep that positivity. And I'll end on the last one here, boys. It is... Owen who messes in and he says, as much as I'd love to see Pompey make the playoffs, don't think it happens unless somebody above drops in form. I also think Pompey aren't ready for the playoffs this season and we failed to beat many teams above us. But as they say, football's a funny old game and you'll never know what will happen up the Blues. That's a fair point to end on this one. Anything can happen. Let's see what happens, boys. All right. We spoke to Liam from the MK1 podcast. Back on the show again. Friend of the show. He's feeling a little bit more confident after picking up some points and getting out of the relegation fight, which we sort of thought they were too good for in the first place, to be honest. But they're picking up the 1-0 here, there and everywhere. So here's our chat with Liam from the MK1 podcast. All right, I'm here with Liam Connolly from the MK1 podcast. And Liam, thanks for coming on the show again. No worries. Pleasure to be back. No, it's always great having you on. And I think it's a little bit more positive than last time we spoke, isn't it? At this, at this time. And I'm guessing there's no one with a bring back Manning banner at the moment at, at the football ground. And how are you guys feeling at this moment in time that after unbeaten in four, I think it's three wins in four, isn't it? That you guys have literally out of this relegation scrap or is it a case of CR Atkinson Stanley do? It does, don't speak too soon. I think we're, uh, Definitely still in it. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, yes, yeah, great to get 10 points in four games. And ultimately those 10 points have come from teams like Accrington, uh, Morecambe, you know, teams like that who are down bottom, bottom of the league, you know, games we have to be winning really, the nuts and bolts games. But, you know, our, our, ne- our next five and six, including yourselves, are all teams, you know, either fighting for promotion or towards top of the league. And I believe the form teams are league also. So I think that, yeah, it, we're not out of the woods just yet, but overall, yeah, I think I've been pretty happy recently. I don't think we're playing incredibly well, but you don't need to at this stage of the season. You just need to get points, and Mark Jackson's side is getting points right now. Um, obviously, going to Wickham and getting a point is uh, much more than we've done previous times. Um, you know, our, our team that almost got promoted last year only won one nil there, so it's having that fighting spirit is something we haven't seen in a long, long time. And um, yeah, we're hoping it carries over uh, to Pompey on on Friday. What's exactly changed about the way you're playing that's made you turn these results around? Is it just conversing chances? I know you weren't really creating too many at the time. So 
you know, has your style changed in the way you create chances now? I think it's a slight change. I wouldn't say there's a massive deviation from the, the quote unquote MK way, which is possession with purpose, controlling, trying to control the game. Um, I think with, with our recruitment in the summer, it's very much getting more explosive players. So I think Jonathan Lecco is a perfect example. You know, he's operating on the right hand side of a, of the three man attack. And I think their focus is very much having that high press where it's suited. Um, and ultimately just counter attacking football which we haven't seen in a long, long time, actually. And it's something that's been a bit of a fresh perspective on things overall. Um, you know, in the past, as you know, with Liam Manning's side, Russell Martin's side, it's always been about ridiculous amounts of possession, controlling the game so your opponents can't control it, um, and you're limiting your mistakes. Whereas now it's very much, except to be are going to make mistakes, at least for the immediate future, but making sure that when we do have the ball in dangerous areas, we are scoring goals, creating chances. And, ultimately getting numbers in the box because it's been a massive complaint of ours throughout multiple seasons and multiple coaches and we've got numbers in the box near right near as, as much as we needed to um and Wickham was a great example of Dan Harvey's goal you know bit of a rebound session of course but having your left wing back in the right place at the right time gets you a goal and uh, a pretty important one so yeah a slight change but I think long term the, the plan is to still play the MK way but short term it's about getting points and staying in this league are you impressed with the attackers' recent change of form, if there has been any? Because <clears throat> look at the overall numbers, 36 goals, 19th in the league for pure goals, and then your, your expected goals is 40.91, so slightly higher, but not a million miles away. Is it a case of um, not creating enough chances for the attackers or the attackers just wasting things or a little bit? Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a lack of creation is definitely probably the key. I think that since the change in, in system, I think there's definitely allowed more chances to be created and more the shots on goal in general. Um, I think Liam Manning was often criticised for that. He is often a bit too pedestrian with how he played football for me. Um, and you know, when it, whilst we had control of the ball, it wasn't really going many places. And I think that's why ultimately, you know, he was relieved of his duties and the recruitment was the recruitment is now because likes of Lecco, who's very explosive, bit of a live wire. Kai Kai, who can not only score goals, takes it pieces and is willing to take on a man. Um, Max Dean, of course, also is very similar, but a young lad who is still embedding himself into the system. And Paris Magoma, who is uh, very much like a David Kasumu kind of Coventry player who we had last season, which we've been crying for for months and months, who is willing to carry the ball from the midfield, acts as more of an eight rather than a, a six, almost like Josh McEachran is. Um, and give us a bit of threat going forward because we haven't had that all season, as you can tell by the data. Um, and yeah, it's overall, it's more fun to watch, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's frustrating to see goals like we do sometimes, like Wickham set pieces, which was ridiculously bad. Um, but I, I think overall, it's, it's a more, it's a more exciting proposition to watch week on week. Um, and it's giving teams problems, which is good. Goals are sexy, let's be honest, but <laughs> actually looking at your turnaround in form, a lot of it's been built on defense, isn't it? I mean, like you've, you've won one nil three times in those wins. And even before that, when you lost, you lost one nil to Port Vale. And the game before that, you drew one one with Lincoln. So how have you been able to shut the door more on teams? Is it a case of coming and just hitting on the counter, as you said, and then being more defensively solid? Yeah. I mean, the Port Vale game was an absolute disgrace in terms of our performance. We were absolutely dreadful. Um, and a lot of us thinking, okay, we could actually be down here because it, it was, it was that bad. And, and you know, the players were, pretty much booed off the pitch um, for that one but 
I think the return of the return of Dean Lewington's been massive. Um, and as always, you know, he, he's he is pretty much Mr. MK Dons. And I think since his return, we've seen a lot more stability and calmness, particularly around the likes of Jack Tucker, who a player who's picked up a lot of criticism this season. Um, you know, I, I think I think rightly so in some senses, but I think since Lewington's introduction, he's actually had a chance to work with Jack and build some of his ways into him, and ultimately just. Just calm him down in that centre part and the centre of the defence because ultimately he he's got all the ability to do well defensively. Uh, you can tell from when he plays football, but when he's asked to do too much in terms of passing the football, I, I don't think he's quite there yet, and it's going to take him a long time to do that. And also, we saw we saw Anthony Stewart make his debut against against Wickham, funnily enough, his old club, and he looks pretty decent also. So, and of course, Warren Hall has not been back from back uh, from his injury yet, so. Yeah, defensive disability has been absolutely massive. I think it's helped that we've played some bad teams for sure. Um, but you know, having having Louis and, and Anthony back is uh, is huge for Jack and huge for the rest of the team because it gives them a bit of structure that the likes of McKechnie and Magoma and the forward line can actually build off. Um, so yeah, I think we're finally starting to see the team that Mike Jackson Jackson should have had in like January February, and ultimately um, it's getting results. We mentioned on the. MK1 pod earlier that about Colby Bishop for Portsmouth and that essentially you think you're hoping that Jack Tucker can just man mark him pretty much throughout the entire game and use that free to try and stop the service getting to him a bit. Do you think that's possible in this upcoming game or do you think there'll be just one opportunity where Bishop gets in between the centre halves? Um, I think it's possible that he gets some opportunities for sure. Um, listen, Jack Tucker's not the finished article and He's going to need a lot of coaching in the summer, particularly from the... Um, I'm hoping that we can get Stuart back in the summer, but the likes of from Louis and if not Stuart also in terms of just just general just general like knowledge of the game and how to deal with certain situations. You know, we saw what he was like against big lads again in Wickham, and it wasn't it wasn't that promising in terms of what he did there. So I I think Colby will get his his chances for sure. Obviously, we saw in the reverse fixtures in the cup, for example, where that happened from memory. So, yeah, there's chances that will happen. I think it's just limiting those as much as possible and just trying to keep that defence solidarity going because I think particularly for set pieces, that was lost at the weekend and it would be good to see the lads bounce back a bit from that and uh, try and show a bit of solidarity. So looking at the game lines up, going into the actual match here, how do you think MK are going to approach this? Is it is it a case now of just get, getting some points from this hard run up, running? You've, you've got the likes of us, you've got Derby coming up as well, haven't you? And all these teams are going to be sort of pressing to get maximum points. Is it going to be on Pompey to sort of break you down? It's not the usual way I'd see you playing, but are, are you going to do that and sit deep and just try and dig in in this game? I'd be surprised if he didn't. Um, I think the classic narrative of, um, Dons of home games where a big away following is coming down is that they often just crumble and I see a few goals and the game's done by that point. Um, I like to think that Jackson's sort of a bit of just grit into them and a bit of edge into them, which I, I've always liked to see my teams personally. Um, and I said to Fred, I think it'll be a game a bit of cat and mouse to be honest with you. I think that, you know, Pompey will ultimately be the cat in terms of trying to dominate the football and have the way with the midfield, but ultimately our main goal is to try and counter attack with our front three and just try and get one chance to score a goal. Cause once we've got that one, that one sort of goal, I'm not saying we won't concede, but I'm saying we've got a better chance of winning the game and, and giving our game plan a bit more of a bit of a backbone. Um, so 
Yeah, it'll be an interesting, interesting Don's team to watch for people that don't actually follow them week to week, but it's a strategy that's been working for the most part. They'll, I'll probably try and start fast, but and try and get that goal. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how Jackson approaches it because he's typically been playing with this, this system worse teams than yourselves. Um, but we've, we've seen results, so I can't see him deviating too much from the plan. Um, but it's, uh, it's an interesting one. And it must be a little bit difficult because you're quite an expansive pitch as well. So there is a lot of room. Hopefully that lends to you attacking from your point of view. I suppose that you've got more space to break in. Um, it's a bit more of a tight pitch, isn't it, down at Fratton Park? So I don't know if that will play a place in it. But you talked about getting results. And what I want to know, Liam, first of all, is what you think the result is going to be of this game and any goal scorers, please? Uh, oh, it's a tough one, this, isn't it? Because I think Pompey's waveform is really good. Um, and it's probably the main reason why you are, well, with a chance of playoffs. Obviously, you had your awkward away form, oh, sorry, home form this year, sorry. Um, but your away form, whilst it is, you know, win loss, win loss, it's, it's got you through and it's, it's the reason why you're a playoff team away on the road. Um, Don's is home form for me is still a bit of a question mark. Obviously, we've won the last couple of games, but with all due respect, they've been against pretty poor teams. Um, so this is the first game I've played in a while where we're actually taking on a team where probably could cause us some issues. So, but I, I do think Don's on the other hand can cause Pompey issues. Um, and I'm hoping that with the, ch- the few chances they do get, they will score a goal. So I've gone sit on the fence one, one. Um, and I've obviously I think that's a bad result for Pompey, but it's a, it's a great result for us and another point towards hopefully staying in League One. It's a disastrous result for Pompey Lewin. Let's not, <laughs> let's not try and gloss that up. You, you got more come on, Malay. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just got to hope that every team ahead of us loses and we get, we gave that, that magical point and put it back in our own hands nearly with, with a two point gap. But I can see Peterborough choking. Let's be honest. They're the choking specialists. So they're looking good now, <laughs> but they've got their hand over their throat, just ready to suck the oxygen out of those promotion hopes they're going for. Um, what do you think about the promotion, you know, chases very quickly while I've got you? Do you think Pompey are in the shout for a playoff place? I mean, you have to think so, surely, right? I mean, looking at your running, you're basically playing all, all of the bad teams at, not at the perfect time, but at a time where, I mean, even, even if, even if it's a bad time, like they're, they're down at the bottom for a reason, right? Aren't they? So I think we've, we, I mean, we've played Aquinton recently. We've played Morecambe recently. They are rubbish. So if, if you, if you cannot beat those teams, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. It's simple as that. Um, so I think in terms of obviously where you guys sit at the moment, you, you're three points off and arguably the teams above you have all got tougher fixtures. I know some of the games are on like final day for you, if you guys, for example, is, is maybe a bit harder than you think, but I think obviously we can chat to Derby guys. Derby a bit worried about the whole season and their squad's kind of losing legs. I think you guys are on the up, obviously getting players back, which helps. Um, so I think you've got more of a chance than Wickham and Derby. But again, as you said, it's, it's a choke artist, Peterborough. I think they're going to determine it. Can, can you keep up with Peterborough, who are, as we, well, they've clearly got a lot of decent results recently. So I think it's between you two. Thanks, buddy. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can listen to you and Freddie on your podcast? Yeah, yeah, MK1 podcast. Um, you know, what we call it, the old hub for everything Milky's Don's, so we like to think it is. Um, and yeah, obviously me and Fred had a bit of chat about Pompey and what we could expect from Pompey this weekend. So yeah, please check it out. And um yeah, MK1 podcast on socials also. I think the only thing we forgot to ask Liam is do you think MK can beat the drop? Are you confident? Are you nervous? What do you think? Um 
I am slightly nervous only because I'm very wary of our top half record and the teams we're playing the majority of the season are in the top half. Um, I still think it could get down to the final day against Burton. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely conscious of that. Um, but ultimately it comes down to whether Accrington or Morecambe can pick up a few results and put a bit of pressure on us, um, which after watching both is a, is a, is a tough ask, I think, but I'll never be, never, never say never, but I'd like to think now, I think there's less, less than 10% chance analytically we can go down. Um, but there's, there's still a chance, isn't there? Liam, there's always a chance, buddy. We'll speak soon, I'm sure, and uh, good luck staying up. Yeah, same to you with playoffs, boys. Cheers, Liam. All right, we did one preview, but no, not today. We're going to give you two. Why not? It's Easter. So we brought on Dave Salmon from iFollow. He's the commentator. He's basically the Andrew Moon of Morecambe. So he also is a radio person for Beyond Radio. He chats to Freddie as well occasionally. I think he's going on his show as well. But here's Dave Salmon from the Morecambe iFollow service. All right, I'm here with Dave Salmon, the iFollow commentary commentator for Morecambe and from Beyond Radio. Dave, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, no problem, guys. No problem at all. Thanks for having me back on. No, it's great to have you back on again. It's quite funny. We just spoke to Liam from the MK1 podcast about Milton Keynes a minute ago. Um, and just chatting to him about, you know, survival hopes and all that. So it's going to be great to talk to you about it. And the listeners would have probably just listened to that now. So it's going to be quite a bang bang, really, on the who's going to step in League One. Well, the thing that Milton Keynes Dons have done, uh, which is the one thing that we have unfortunately failed to do, is uh, win the games against the teams around them at the bottom of the table. Uh, they had a 1 0 win against Accrington, beat Cambridge 1 0, and then a couple of Saturdays ago, they beat us 1 0. So those three results are probably going to save their bacon this season. I think they're a far better team than their league position suggests, but uh, they've got that extra bit of quality. So uh, uh, they should get out of trouble. Us, on the other hand, uh, well, it's a, it's a different story entirely, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm looking at the results recently. I know MK, obviously, we just talked about that, picked up, you know, three wins and a draw in the last four. Obviously, you guys obviously lost them one now, et cetera. Drew of Oxford, 1-1. Got battered by Barnsley, but there's absolutely no shame in that. They are an exceptional team. How do you see you guys leading up to now? Do you think there's a way of you getting out of this situation, a la MK, or, or do you think it's a situation now where Morgan fans are preparing for the worst? I think we, I think in our heart of hearts, uh, Hugh, we, we have to start fearing the worst. That's for sure. The, the problem we've had all season really has been the, this wild disparity between uh, our home and away form. If home form only counted, we'd be in mid table. Uh, but away, it's a completely different story. We've just won once. That was against Forest Green Rovers. That was a scabby last-minute 2-1 winner in stoppage time. Uh, we've drawn five games apart from that. And then we've lost the rest. And, and we've not really, to be honest, looked like getting many points away from them. Certainly not looking like getting a win. The reality is with six games to go, we've got to pull at probably two, maybe three shock results out the out the bag in six in six games, of which the game against Portsmouth one of those games that we've got a target for some kind of uh, shock result. So if home form only counted, we'd be okay. But uh, on the road, uh, we're we're just absolutely diabolical. Is there a change of tactics between home and away, or is it just a lot of cases of just individual errors? Ruining things. Uh, yeah, if I could answer that question, Freddie, I think uh, I think we wouldn't be in relegation trouble. Really, it's uh, 
I think there's a bit of tactics, certainly. And I think certainly earlier in the season, we've gone to what, you know, the so-called big guns uh, away from home in Sheffield Wednesdays and Ipswiches and, 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 and so on and so forth, Derby and, 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 and the other big teams in and around the top six or seven in the table. And, uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say it, it, it's, you know, if you've got, if you've got eyes, you can see how you're lining up on a pitch, can't you? It's fair to say that, that we haven't, uh, let's say gone to win the game, perhaps quite as much as we, we might have tried to do if it was a home game. That's for sure. Um, that has changed, I think, in terms of the, the mindset and the mentality in, in recent games. Uh, but I think the, the, the reality is that we just can't, can't score away from home. We can't get a point away from home and we can't get that second and then that third win that might give us half a chance of pulling out of trouble. To put it into context, our away form, and this is why you guys should probably be full of hope going into the game on Easter Monday. Uh, between, uh, when we drew away at Cambridge about a month ago, uh, that was our first point and the first goal we'd scored as well, I think, or, or the second goal we'd scored since we got a last minute draw against Wickham way back in the middle of October. So we went from about the 20th October uh, to the end of February, uh, scoring twice, not getting any points at all. So that puts the, uh, the, the away form into context. There's, there's other areas and other factors as well. Of, of course, our, our ownership issue is, is, is a major one behind the scenes. Uh, and that has absolutely killed us really in the last few months of the season. Uh, and, and as a re- result of that, we are where we are. We're not a bad squad, really. I, I don't think in reality we're a bottom four squad. We're certainly a bottom six or seven squad, probably, but uh, we should have a few more points on the board than what we do. Yeah. As, as Pompey fans, the history there, we know how how much a bad ownership situation could just seep onto the pitch. It doesn't matter how much the manager can say it's not affecting what's going on the pitch. It doesn't matter how much the players say, oh, we're just focusing on the football, it's fine. It's definitely not fine. It might be hard to put in a nutshell, but can you tell to the Pompey fans what is what are the problems going on at Morecambe at the moment? Uh, well, basically, um, our owners, um, uh, this has made national news, hasn't it? Our, our current owners, the, the Bond Group, uh, they own uh, Worcester Warriors Rugby Club as, as well as Mork Football Club. Uh, they purchased us about five years ago from, well, let's be honest, another rogue owner uh, called Joseph Carla. We were in absolute dire straits then with the wages not being paid and having to sell players dirt cheap to, to, to pay the bills and all that kind of stuff. And uh, for a little while, uh, it was uh, all, all was well, all was fine. Uh, I think we then got promoted out of League Two uh, against the odds, really. I don't think anybody was quite expecting it. And uh, since then, in the last 18 months or so, uh, the owners have had uh, their own financial difficulties. The, the, the reality is that the club's been up for sale for a long time and the potential buyer that they want to sell it to, an organisation called Saab Capital, um, have been skirting around the houses for about six months now, uh, trying desperately to prove to the EFL that they can afford to take the club over. They've, they've not managed to do so at the moment. And that's why the, uh, the, the, the ownership issue has stalled. I think they could have sold to a, a lower bidder four or five months ago, took the money and run, uh, possibly sold to a more credible bidder. Perhaps we might have had a bit more financial backing behind them and we might not be in this situation. Uh, but the reality is uh, we are where we are. It all came to a head last week uh, where the wages were late. Um, they were due on the Tuesday. They got the money on the Friday afternoon, but that wasn't 
down to the owners, the bond group actually coughing up. That was down to the potential new owners, this Saab Capital, actually buying more shares in the com- in the in the club. So they've got I don't know a several percent share in the club now uh, to fund the wages for this month. So what's happening at the end of this month? I've no idea, but uh, yeah, a bit of a mess at the moment to say the least. And it all revolves around a twenty-year-old drinks entrepreneur trying to trying to get his hands on things. And exactly, exactly. Yeah, we have no idea if he's actually reputable or not. Well, the fact is, about uh, seven weeks ago now, um, the EFL uh, made quite an unprecedented step of issuing a public statement to Psalm Capital to actually say, look, prove to us that you can facilitate this, this, this takeover and we'll make it happen. And of course, all that time's passed, nothing has happened. So the, the longer it goes on, the more the only conclusion you can come to is they must have some money because I say they've invested into the club to the tune of, I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand, maybe something like that. Uh, but have they got the millions of pounds needed to take over the club and then run it sustainably? It doesn't look like they have, unfortunately. Maybe they have. They might have pots and pots of money tugged away. I don't know. But uh, they've not proved it at the moment anyway. Yeah. And then you look at sort of like last season, you sort of had Stockton, didn't you? Who's firing goals in for you. And I think this season, not having that sort of, you know, clinical goal scorer who sort of could, could win you games from, from nowhere is from the outside anyway, seems like quite a big, a big miss for you. Is, is that one of the reasons you're not scoring goals? It's not like, when you look at us, we have Colby Bishop, for instance, who's scoring the majority of goals for us. And without him, we'd be in real big trouble as well. Absolutely, Hugh. Um, there's a reason why Coles only got five goals this season. He got 26 last time around. Uh, the, the main one is we're simply not creating as many chances as we, as we did last season. Uh, under Stephen Robinson, the previous manager, we were leaking like a sieve at the bat, but we were creating chances for fun at the other end. And, and I suppose if you shoot enough, you're going to score enough. The, the other thing is, of course, as well, uh, all of his wonder goals were going in from left, right and centre, literally scoring from the halfway line sometimes. And, and all of those efforts are finding Rosette this season. He wanted away in the summer as well. And the transfer didn't happen. Nobody came in for him in January. So all of those things have conspired uh, against us. But it, it's not just one player here. It's not just one player. We've, uh, we've just, we're just not creative enough in the final third. I think as you'll find out on, on, on Easter Monday, we're neat and tidy in possession. We'll knock it around for fun in the middle third. But we concede silly, silly goals at the back and we don't shoot enough. And, and that's the reason why we're not winning games of football home or away at the moment. Is it a lack of technical ability or is it just players scared of taking a risk and losing the ball? in those situations i think it's a bit of a bit of both of those freddie actually it's uh it's, we've got plenty of technical ability we've got some really gifted midfield players uh in particular i'll come on to a couple of those in a second uh but it, it's the individual errors really um we we made a bit of a pact this season that we needed to be tighter at the back because we conceded nearly 100 goals last season couldn't let that happen again because we'd be relegated and, and we're not a million miles off conceding the same number this time around either a lot of the goals are very defendable. If you've got anybody who can take a good corner, we're going to be in all sorts of trouble. Uh, and it's just those individual switches off, which I suppose in League 2 you get away with, but in League 1, switch off a half a second, balls in the back of the net if you're any good, I suppose. And and that's what we found. And But going forward, just I think in the last six games, uh, this is all doom and gloom, isn't it? My goodness, mate. I think in the last six games, I think we've had seven shots and that tells its story. 
Yikes. Adubani Ass being up front hasn't helped matters, has it? <laughs> uh, no, indeed not. Uh, we, we had to do something because uh, Cole Stockton was our only senior striker at the club and the transfer window had closed and we, we hadn't got any money. Uh, we got a, a youngster from Burnley who hadn't played a minute of senior football. He got injured about four games in, uh, season-ending uh, injury. Uh, so uh, with no money and window closed, we had to do something. So uh, Umar Nias has come in. You can see... That is 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 a player. He's obviously played football before, and Everton paid a lot of money for him not so long ago. But uh, he's uh, well, he's yet to hit the heights. Let's let, let's say that. Meanwhile, his mate Papa Suare, another Senegalese guy from Crystal Palace, who we got in, uh, we had Charlton fans laughing their socks off about how poor he was, and and he's turned out to be pretty good. So swings and roundabouts, but uh, yeah, more needed up front, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep with the positivity for this. We'll try and balance it out. I've, I've had it on one Morgan player, but I wanted to sign Porsche for yeah. I wanted to sign for Porsche yeah, for ages when we needed a, a progressive <laughs> midfielder, but now Porsche have had too many midfielders, so he can't actually have him really anymore. Is he probably one of the most the main creative? spark for Morgan. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's class. He's absolutely class. Uh, there's no doubt about that. He's far too good for us. The problem that Dan Crowley has is. His, his brain is a second quicker than other people on the field. Do you know what I mean? So he'll, he'll, he'll see a pass before his teammates and then the pass isn't there because they're not in the right position. So he'll have to sort of check back and check back on it. And then it looks like he's holding onto the ball for far too long. You'll see this again on Monday. He'll be just going round in circles trying to pick a, a pass to a teammate. Uh, it's because it's not on originally, but he's, he's, he's so, so talented. He's far too good for League One, that's for sure. And, uh, I don't think we'll have him, uh, past the summer, that's for sure. But, uh, he's our most creative. Hopefully, uh, we can pick uh, Adam Mayer as well, a young 18 year old who none of you guys will have uh, seen before. Uh, it's come from nowhere from the academy, left sided player, left wing back, come left of midfield, come left winger. Uh, and he's one of these that just runs and runs to the byline, gets the ball and tries to get to the byline every single time. So he certainly needs uh, paying close attention. And uh, Dan Crowley, obviously, one to watch as well in the middle. We need a new, new left back who gets up and down the pitch. So uh, add that to the list, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's on about a three-year contract, so you'd have to pay for him. Oh, you know us, splashing the money here, there and everywhere. No. <laughs> um, just having a quick look then towards the game itself. We spoke about your away form, et cetera, and how you, you know, how you might approach it. But it's it's critical now, isn't it? You pick up points, especially with a couple of others around you. How do you think you're going to approach the game? Is it going to be just a let's try and get a point here or and just try and add those points up to the end of the season? Because you probably need some wins, don't you now? I don't think points, you know, draws are going to do it for you. We've got some really tough games coming up. I mean, we can take very slight solace here from the fact that I think we, we played you off the park at our place. It was one of, one of our best games and best performances of the season at the Mazuma. And I think it's probably, uh, if you don't mind me saying, probably the luckiest points that you've, that you've got all season, really. We probably should have hammered you probably four or five nil on that day. And that wouldn't have been a, an injustice. It was, it was one, one at the end somehow. Um, we're at the point now where we've, we've got to go for it. The, the, the scabby draws, creditable draws away from home. They're just not enough, but we've got some tough games. We've got Plymouth. We've still got to play Wickham Wanderers yourselves. We've got Lincoln and, and Exeter still to play and the way at Charlton. So we've got no easy games left. Uh, we're going to have to go for it. Uh, but, uh, the, the stats don't lie at this point of the season. It's fair to say the stats don't lie. We just don't turn up f- for big games. And obviously it's going to be another big game, big crowd at Fratton Park. 
I don't want to say hostile atmosphere, that's not for me to say, but uh, certainly a a partisan large home crowd, and and I don't think that'll do us any favours. But uh, we've got to go for it. We have no other choice at this stage of the season but to do that. Yeah, and you you can see, I suppose, with us just generally against you, it's one of those situations where, especially your players, I don't think, have we ever beat Morecambe away? I think it's one of those weird stats where I can't remember us ever beating you away. Um, And so you actually heard some of the, the commentators sort of, I suppose you could say the you of our commentary, Andrew Moon for the BBC does the I follow for us. And I think they wouldn't be too sad to see you go down because it's a long way up there. And unfortunately we are rubbish at your place, but tides are turned now we're at home and I'm sort of expecting a hiccup. No, I don't know what's going to go on. What do you think, Dave? Let's get into the juicy bit of the podcast. I want to know your score prediction, please for the game on Monday. I said Tuesday earlier on. Freddie corrected me. That's just a habit because I didn't play Monday. So what do you think? Any goal scorers as well? I was, uh, I was hoping that you wouldn't be out. You would, you'd either be firmly in the playoffs and, and nothing to play for in that regard, or you'd be ronking mid table and uh, you would have nothing to play for. So you'd already be on the beach. The fact that you still need a few points to secure that top six finish. I mean, it's going to be very tight, isn't it? For, for, from your guys point of view, I think uh, I, I wouldn't like to call which way it's going to go, but uh, in terms of the game itself, we've got to go for it. We've got to be tighter at the back than what we are. We keep conceding early sloppy goals. Barnsley was a killer. We conceded after three minutes. And, uh, and, and, and that was always going to be the end of that one, unfortunately. So if we can keep it tighter for a bit longer, uh, you, you never know. But the fact that we've won just once on the road all season and we've not looked like winning the second time, really. I think we deserve a few more points than what we've got, but uh, the stats are what they are. You're in good form. Your new manager's got you playing, obviously, a certain way, and, and it's getting the results that you're getting. I fear for us, I must be honest, but uh, if, if I'm totally optimistic and, and, and maybe with, with my heart and on my head, we can probably get a one-all draw. Let's go 1-1. Who do you think is going to get the goal for you, then? <clears throat> Let's go uh, Umar Nias to break his scoring duck. How's that? Why not? It's got to happen sometime, isn't it? It has. <laughs> he he did very a well. There's a player in there. There's a player in there some, somewhere. We haven't found it yet, but it's there somewhere. Get your he, telescopes out, boys. <laughs> what, what are you saying, Freddie? He, he did very well on an FM23 save that I did at Motherwell in the Scottish Prem, but obviously oh, great. That, that, oh, that, wow, that's yeah. a video game. <laughs> I can I, I can see now all Morecambe fans have just completely changed their opinion because he's done well on Freddie's football manager save. Proudly, is that one of those things that that happens in life then that on your football manager saves that that turns into real life? Yeah, it's, uh, I know there's uh, there's normally a meme that um, when you're playing against a player who hasn't scored for 460 years, they end up breaking their score and duck against you every single time. So I can see it happening. Uh, I can see it happening. Um, I think the only worry I have. Is that if it if it gets to half time and it's nil nil, I think that's when we start struggling. Like you know, as um, they said, that it's like early goal might kill more controls. But if you know if they stay compact and frustrate us, we have we might get it might it might be a bit of a problem. I think on Monday. Yeah, and you can see it now. It will, people are saying it's the hope that kills you, and then the crowd will expect us to get a win in this game. So it could be one of those things that. People start getting itchy feet, and you know that that's when, you're, you're, as the away team, that you what you want to see, really, isn't it, Dave? Especially when you're trying to get some points, and we'll we'll be going for it. So it'll be a situation where both teams need to win, um, and I expect then in that situation it's be quite an open game. 
I think it will be an open game, but the the, the problem we have is, is, is like I say, it's shooting. You'll, you'll find this out on Monday. It's shooting. Uh, we get 25 yards out and uh, we, we don't know what to do with it. Uh, and, and that's been a problem for a long part of the season. So if we can find our shooting boots at least, then we might be halfway there. But uh, there's been little evidence of that in recent weeks. Well, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that, Dave. Sorry for yourself. So, but Dave, thank you so much. Come on the podcast. Tell people where they can find you online. Um, well, if you are uh, listening to the game or watching the game on iFollow, if you uh, pick the away commentary, you'll uh, you'll, you'll hear my uh, uh, dulcet tones. You can also uh, go to uh, the Shrimps Verdict podcast in all the usual pod providers and also via our radio station's website, beyondradio.co.uk. I'm about to talk to Freddie to preview the game from the opposite side, so uh, uh, you'll hear him in our next episode. Don't try and turn listeners off from listening to your show there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway Dave thanks for coming on the show mate Uh, I'll let you go now and have a lovely evening no problem Uh, all the best guys and uh, good luck in your playoff hunt as well but after Monday of course cheers (laughs) it'll be over if that's the case see you later Dave (laughs) thanks for coming on the podcast what we say then boys five now Pompey away at MK um I'm going to be a bit more conservative than that, but it's definitely yeah. going to be a positive result for Pompey, I think. Um, I, don't, I, I don't see us losing that game, which is very confident to say. I think we can control the midfield a lot more in this game, and if we do, it stops them counter-attacking um, if we have more possession. It's really want to know what's happening on Easter Sunday and Easter Monday. There'll be lots of chocolate, but would it be six points? I'm going to go for six points. I'm going to be very positive. I was very positive saying it was on at the beginning of the show. I looked at the table after the Forest Green game and couldn't stop looking at the table, so that was something. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Pompey win at the Stadium MK, a Colby Bishop race with Mo Isa scoring for NBA Dons, and then I'm going to go for a comfortable 2-0 win at Fratton Park against Morecambe. And I'm going to go with Michael Jacobs scoring. I bet he's going to do very well. And I'm going to go with Colby as well, because I, I don't like not backing Colby to score or scoring games at the moment. I love the fact that Freddie just said he's, he was just sat there staring at the table after the forest. I can just imagine him there for hours, just flicking up and down, looking at the table, <laughs> sat in his bedroom. <laughs> oh. I'll leave it at that. Proud of what you're saying. What's the game? Is you saying six points as well? Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be six points. I think the game against MK will be more comfortable than the Morgan game, which might surprise a few. I think we'll win 2-0. I think we'll dominate the MK game. I think goal scorers, I'll say... I'll say Ryan Tonnecliffe. And I'll say Owen Dale. And then for the game against Morecambe, I think we'll win 2-0 again, but I think it might be a bit of a slog. And I think it will be Colby from the penalty spot. And I think I think Tom Lowry is going to score against Morecambe. Yeah, I think it'll be a late one, like on the counter or something. I like that. And the fact that you went for the penalty spot as well, get a bet builder on that one because it's going to be good odds. Can already tell, Morco are going to get desperate. They are desperate, as Dave was saying at this moment in time. So I'm also going to go for six points to keep this positivity going. I'm going to say away at MK 1-0. 
because they haven't been conceding many goals, but I think we'll get one against them. And I'm going to say for that one, do you know what? Why not? Sean Raggett's got to score at some point. <laughs> get the ball on that man's big head from a corner and it goes in. What are you saying? And then the game against Morecambe, 3-0 Pompey. I think that's when we pick ourselves up at home, get out, get an early goal. And I'm going to go with two for Colby Bishop and one for Joe Morrell. Why not? On the counter. Again, just joining the rush, joining the players, you know, breaking from the field. Everyone's marking Colby and others. And Joe Morrell comes in and just slices it into the back of the net. Bash, 3-0. All right. Proudy, she's going on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me again. Hopefully the next time I'll be on, we'll be in the championship. So fingers crossed. No, you'll be on for the playoffs. Remember, big game player. That's when you, that's when you yeah, turn sorry, up when it yeah. matters. Yeah. yeah, you ask my score predictions, I'll say 3-0 Pompey and we'll get bad 4-0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freddie, awesome having me on the podcast. Always a pleasure. And thank you so much to the listeners for uh, making the podcast what it is. Indeed. Oh, and cheers, Anthony, for buying us a coffee online. Anthony L, we love you, mate. You're a legend. <laughs> Should have said that earlier on, so apologies for that. But we really appreciate it. And until next time, play out Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now, available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!